Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday uh, matinee to you both. Steve, Andy, uh, it's been a long time since we uh, have matineed together. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Yes. Oh, uh, Juneteenth, yeah. it happened. You know what? The, the, our leadership agreed on something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's something relevant and meaningful, actually. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, it is. And they managed to do it. And it happened quickly. And that is a reason to celebrate on top of many other reasons <laughs> to celebrate. Happy Juneteenth. Welcome to our new national holiday, celebrating something very real. Here we go. Here. Uh, it, it is a fine Saturday. Uh, let us let us begin how we begin ceremonially. What have you been watching, Steve? We just finished season two of For All Mankind. Oh, good for you. I have not gotten quite. I'm very, very close. I have not finished season two. How did you stop? No, it hurts me. It kills me. <laughs> How did you stop? It hurts Steve, me. Steve, stop. Steve, I'm watching with my wife. And she falls asleep so fast <laughs> everywhere. She just falls asleep. And she's, it is so hard to watch anything over 22 minutes. We just, it slows the whole progress down. I have to cheat on my wife by watching like in the bathroom oh my by myself. In the dark. Honey, what are you doing? Nothing. If I want to do that, it feels so dirty. <laughs> it's dirty, dirty, birdie. So that's why I'm. We haven't. We just stalled. Oh, we stalled. So we okay. got. I got to pick that up again. But you're happy with yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. No, yeah. Very, very nice. It's a really solid series. Such a solid series. Is it related to the first one? I apologize for my ignorance, but I've never seen either. I'm sorry. What now? What other? What are you talking about? There's been two seasons of it. That's there was another for show. all mankind in the '80s. It is not. It, it was all about NASA. It's not related to that. Yes. Well, I guess it's related. It's it's, <laughs> yes. it's 80s adjacent. How about yes, that? It's 80s so adjacent. it is related. And I, I don't know. I, because the premise of this for all mankind, and I, Pete, I don't think this is a spoiler. It was in the promos is the Russians land on the moon first. Oh, so this is actually a show. Because the, the, the original yes. 80s for yes. all mankind was a documentary that was all about the oh. NASA moon landings. Okay. And so just a very specific oh, this is not uh, documentary that. about that. Okay. This is an alternate future history. So it's like that um future history is that a thing? <laughs> what was the what was the Amazon show uh, that they did about the if the Nazis had won? What was that show? The Man in the High Castle. So it's that sort of Man in the High, Man in the High Castle based okay. on the book. book. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's really interesting. I think what they do incredibly well with For All Mankind is that it really is just that one thing that is different. And from there, where does it go? Like, where does the world go if the Russians beat the, the uh, United States to the moon? And it's great. It's great. They've just done a lot of, of great thinking nice. behind it. So very, very big fan. Uh, that's it. That's your big. Uh, that's been your big binge, Steve, for all mankind. I've been poking around on a few things, but just haven't had a lot of time. I've got you know trailer rewinds to to watch, and then you know we got a film board thing coming up. So yeah, there's just haven't had a lot of time during my summer for the stuff that I need to catch up. Although I just you know gave myself another project thanks to Mr. Andy Nelson <laughs> over You're in, welcome. over, over oh, he's the worst over in Discord. There was people were talking about lists and completion because uh, I think it was Curtis that uh, had just finished his watching all the best picture winners and had posted his Braveheart review. And that led to a discussion of what other lists are you nearly done with? And that led to what are you doing on Letterboxd where you find all these lists? And then I looked, I'm like, well, my problem is I've only been logging things on Letterboxd as I watch them. I haven't put anything in there that I watched, you know, when I was a kid. And so Andy said, well, you could just go in and you just click and mark them as watched. And so then I thought, well, I could do that. Then list, you know, completion list would be somewhat accurate. I could say, oh, I have seen this percent of the IMDb top 250. 
there's like 120,000 movies I need to watch or to, yeah. to, to uh, not watch, but to mark between just the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I, if I spend one second on each of those, it's going to take like 36 hours. If it takes me one second to just go watched or no, didn't watch, watched. So I've got a little evening project as I'm watching some things like uh, Lego Masters and some you know other just TV that doesn't need a lot of my attention. I can have that on as I'm watching and updating my... My letterboxed lists. The nice thing when you get, when you get, you know, because I mean, you were pulling some numbers from like the 40s or from the 80s, 90s, like those have a lot. But if you're looking at stuff like the 40s, I mean, that's a much smaller, you know, only, only 14,298 films in the 40s to, to go through. (laughs) (laughs) You've only seen. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's probably only a handful I've seen of those. Yes. Finding Uh, them is is rough. Yes, it's uh, not too bad because you just look at their yes. film list and yes. then you just kind of yeah. go through and I yeah. mean you hover over it and it gives you the little eyeball and you click I've seen yeah. it I liked it and yes it's really not too hard. Yes. I I get on my the ch- problem that I have with that strategy is that I run into movies that I I legitimately look incredibly familiar and I can't remember what what if I've seen them or not and then I don't know what to do like I'm sure I saw them probably saw them in the theater don't remember them do I get to mark them as watched or do I have to go watch them again and then I'll usually put them on if they're available I'll put them on and yeah. I'll watch them and that really slows down <laughs> when you have to watch 126,000 movies because you're not sure yes it does yeah. yes. So. It it does. I've got a pretty good memory of things that I know I saw in the theater. It'll be the stuff that, did I watch that on cable TV in seventh grade? I, I don't know. Yes. Those are the things that, you know, may be gray areas. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. You I mean, you don't have a box all right. with all your movie ticket stubs from every movie you ever went and saw? <laughs> they've all been scrapbooked. Oh, okay. And, and with washi tape and everything, the, the whole nine. <laughs> I'm a big, you know, I'm a big washi taper. <clears throat> Huge. Big with the washi tape. Andy, what are you watching? Well, anyone who has been uh, tracking my letterbox knows that this past week, I, I finally finished, after five years, my Robert Redford marathon, <laughs> oh which I've been, I've been doing for quite some time. You know, on and off. It's not like I just have been doing nothing but that. I would have finished a lot quicker. But, you know, I finally plowed through everything that he'd he'd been acting in or produced or directed you know i skipped things like documentaries that he narrated or um things that he was just an executive producer on things that he actually was like more creatively involved in and so so i finally finished that and um yeah i just it was it was a little sad i'm like gosh you know i i i don't know i i guess i just really enjoy watching him and it was it's kind of kind of a little bittersweet hitting the end knowing that i've seen it all now what I what I want to do right now is go back to 2016 if we could find the episode where you introduced that you were taking on this project and play some really somber like maudlin music behind you and do a little retrospective of you talking about over the years Andy watching Robert Redford right. movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm not let me be clear. No, I'm not going to no. do that, but we can all imagine it because we know what a long, strange That's trip been it's fun. been. And I saw your most, it looks like the last thing that you're going to do in his filmography, I guess, if you're counting, you know, voice acting in a whatever animated thing, right? Was that the one that you just, or was he? Oh, no, it wasn't animated. It was live action. Oh, it was live action? And that was that was his second to last, because after that, I immediately put on Avengers Endgame to cleanse my palate. <laughs> 
because oh. I needed something <laughs> okay. that I liked. Because I thought that's that's a really down ending oh. on a career to do that. So Avengers Endgame is officially the last movie that he... Well, he's done one more. It played at Sundance 2020. And then, and again, he's only a voice in it because his son is one of, it's a, it's a kind of an anthology film and his son is one of the directors. And so he's a voice in, like, he's a voice of a talking dolphin (laughs) in this one. And so, of course, course. I can see that's a, that's a way to really sunset a career. But what's nice (laughs) to know is that, you know, he's really kind of going out on the old man and the gun and that his 2018 film, which was really kind of theoretically i mean you know how film we've been talking about this also in discord about people who say they they retire and then they don't and then they don't i'd like to think that he is <laughs> saying you know the old man of the gun that's a great final film for me to kind of give a performance in because he was great and it was a fun film to watch i loved his character and then these other things are just kind of these throwaway like you know buttons is the film that you were talking about that was so terrible it's yeah. you know kate winslet's nonprofit was behind it to raise money for autism awareness okay i appreciate that i wish i would have appreciated a lot more if they made a good film but i can see why people like robert redford might sign on to that avengers endgame was just a fun one and then this other one that his son's uh doing i think so it's all like those are kind of all the denouement of the big climax which is the old man and the gun um but yeah it's i mean it was it was a lot of movies i have uh when i look at the list that i put together it's 57 films 57 films yeah, of Redford. Yeah. You really spaced them out over five years. I did. <laughs> like, I mean, knowing the way you watch movies, you could have done those in a weekend. Uh, that's that's true. That is true. We've talked about the Blot Nelson Vortex. Mm, yes. I was. I clearly wasn't in my zone as I went through this. No. Uh, good on you, man. Congratulations. And uh, now it's time to find another marathon for me to plow into. Yeah. I uh, I watched The Haunting. You sure did. Twice, and oh, I watched. Wait, wait, tw- wait! You watched the same one twice, or you watched the two different? No, Steve. I punished myself with the haunting 1999, not knowing at all what I would get into. I it only because I've you know I I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm big into horror movies now, <laughs> huge. Any any paranormal movie, any any spooks, door slamming in the night, any of those kinds of things, I'm big into that now. It's it's been a real whiplash uh, journey for me. Thanks to Andy and the Conjuring <laughs> and Tommy, Tommy and the Ouija movies. Yeah. Uh, those recommendations have been really damaging to me. And now that I'm fully broken, I've embraced the entire gestalt. And I, uh, I decided I wanted to read The Haunting of Hill House, the book. So I'm working my way through the book. And in the process, I thought I might catch the adaptations of the original book. And so I started foolishly, with the 1999 uh, version of that, the Jan de Bont. And it's not for me. I don't know who it's for, but it's not for me. Uh, It was a uh, not great movie with some, you know, 1999-era CG effects that probably could have been good, and a fantastic house. I thought the house was cool. Super redeeming house was cool. Uh, then I watched the 1963 version, and I had a great time with that. And I think it might have been just like film goggles from having just watched 1999. Uh, but it's got a lot of class, and uh, it's got Russ Tamblin, and it's just, I mean, it's just great people uh, classily walking around this black and white mansion and and doing stuff. I think from from where I am in the book, they made some choices in that movie that I, I don't think make uh, make as much sense. I think made more sense to Robert Wise and the screenwriter than I, uh, to my taste 
the adaptation would have been. I think the adaptation should have stuck to the book, um, and, and that's unfortunate. But still, a classy soft spot in my uh, newly formed horror heart. I really like it. Uh, and so that was fun. But most important, Steve, I think you and I get to reflect together this week because we took part in <laughs> the next real emergency weekend challenge, go watch spider movies. And we did so. And weirdly, we chose the same film. Well, how could you not? Watch, <laughs> how could you not watch Lavalentula? Lavalentula. Yes. Uh, so... <laughs> So this all started because if you uh, remember last week, we had a little bit of an incident where a spider uh, came down from the ceiling in my house and landed on my camera and crawled across the camera and uh, destroyed the Saturday matinee for a good few minutes. Uh, Tommy and Mandy and I suffered through that experience and thus coined the biological term pupus, <laughs> and that will live in infamy. So we decided with Steve, who made the call to action, everybody in the community should go forth and watch and review a movie related to spiders this yes. weekend. And we ended up finding Steve Gutenberg's film, Lava Lantula. What'd you think? <laughs> it was so much fun. Hot take. It was so much fun. It knew exactly what it w wanted to be. It was jokey Hollywood, you know, because he's a washed up action hero. So there's all kinds of just goofy Hollywood insider stuff and the fact that he brought along his, you know, cast from Police Academy in supporting parts in there. It it knew what it wanted to do and it was just ridiculous fun. It, it was perfect. I, I, I feel like uh, every time I saw that, that same CG model of a spider coming out of a hole in the ground, <laughs> I celebrated. I have never gotten more joy out of rating a film in Letterboxd one and a half stars with a giant heart. It's not a good movie, and I love it. Um, it, it has, it's I mean, it's the same uh, sort of thing. If you, if you truck in Sharknado, yes. you're going to have a blast with Lavalangela. And in fact, the tie-in to Sharknado is delightful. Oh, yes. And I... I guess the I did a little research into this Lava Lanchula thing, and I guess Steve Gutenberg had been offered the role in Sharknado and turned it down. And when he saw that Sharknado became what it was, he said, "Well, wait, can I give me something I can do? Let's let's <laughs> I need do one something. Of those. I need one of those." And thus, Lava Lanchula was born. Ian Ziering shows up in the in the film. He comes out. And he says, "You know, hey, I'd love to help you with your lava lantula problem, but I've got a shark thing <laughs> that I'm dealing with right now." It really is just perfect. Uh, it it as you say, it knows exactly what it wants to be. Uh, there is a sequel, um, and so if you are into uh, lava spiders, spiders that come out and spit lava from their mouths, uh, then this is this is a series for you. What I thought was so funny is that uh, only half related, but, you know, one of our members recently reviewed the B movie, which popped up in our reviews. And one of the comments that it was that it would make a good double bill with Tsunambi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I I feel like I first of all I want to applaud Steve your call to action. I had a lot of fun like racing to make sure that I watched a movie on theme this weekend and I really I would like to see us do more of that. Like impromptu calls, go watch a movie uh, uh, related to something and review it before, you know, Sunday at midnight. I think that was really fun and I like those. I expect more of those experiences. 
Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Super good. Let's see, let's yeah. See, people got to pay attention in Discord, you know, be in That's there, right. see what's going on. Maybe we will do something bee related or flying insect related. <laughs> Tsunami. 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 Sounds like, again, one of those, put it on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Andy, it's going to be 125 or something this Ugh. weekend. So, you Don't know, tell me that. Father's Day, just, you know, sit around, watch some Tsunami and let your kids wait on you, you know. Hand and foot on Father's Day. Just, just for oh, those goodness. of you who aren't uh, Fahrenheit users, that would be about oh, fifty-two yes. degrees Celsius. Oh my goodness! Of course, I'm exaggerating. It's probably not going to be 125. I don't think it gets that. High. It just feels. It's been feels like it's it. been 121. It? I know. Yes. I know what that there hits. Forecast? There is a certain yeah. temperature when it hits that the airports have to shut down because the plane's wheels will melt on the tarmac no it has to do with the air not being dense enough as well okay the both yeah. so 115 uh degrees fahrenheit all weekend long yeah. that's what we're looking forward to so high 40s <laughs> yes high 40s yes why do we Yummy. here I don't know. You know what? Know. We I watched that movie and I brought on the lava lantula. I feel like that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you stay there too long, you become a lava lantula. Yeah, yeah, that's right. the, the ultimate transformation. Well, the, you know, that's I've stopped fighting scorpions in the backyard and now it's just lava lantulas. I go out there. It's lava lantula. Yeah. Hammer. You got yeah. your Gutenberg shotgun <laughs> and uh, you're ready to go. Um, Andy, do you want to talk about this uh, Lord of the Rings cartoon? I thought that this was an interesting bit of news that they're, you know, this... Um, Warner Brothers, they're kicking back into the Lord of the Rings. They're doing an animated movie called War of the Rohirrim, which, of course, are the are the horse warriors that we meet in, in uh, the Two Towers. And so this is kind of, uh, as they say, it's the untold story behind the fortress of Helm's Deep. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be focusing on the, the King of Rohan, Helm Hammerhand. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it. I don't know. I, I thought that it was kind of a cool little bit of news, especially because is, is Amazon ever going to finish the thing that they're doing? What's going on with that one? No idea. But I just love that there's, you know, more Lord of the Rings material coming from Middle Earth, because I think that there's, I don't know, there's, I think there's a lot of really exciting material to potentially mine in there. Um, uh, uh, right? Uh, uh, uh. Uh. But uh, oh, I was going to say, oh, yeah, you yeah. made a he made, you a, made a, a, dwarf a dwarf joke. A dwarf joke. Yes. <laughs> that was a dwarf joke. Yes. So instead of doing an origin story on a character, we're getting an origin set story on a setting. Is that what we're essentially getting here? And I know, yes, I, I know that the world is is huge, right? So there's a lot of stories to tell, and it is. I mean, it's I think one of the most memorable set pieces of that whole trilogy. That's the one for that sure. Everyone talks about. So it makes sense that they would would draw on that but I, I just find it interesting it's not a specific character because we've got elves that we can go back intelligence stories but origin stories but to go back to this specific place and say what is the story beyond behind this historic place that everybody is familiar with i find interesting a different approach to that. well i think for people who don't like prequels it certainly is a way to do this where it's just part of the world it's not a, yes. an overt prequel that you know is setting us up for uh you know why the why they used it or something like that, you know? I, I hear HBO Max is doing a, a um, parallel to Taxi Driver. De Niro's not in it, but it's just the story of the cab company. It's going to be great. <laughs> These things are going to be everywhere and all animated. I, you're not going to believe it. It's amazing. It's going to be so good. Um, we've got a, a, a hot, hot update on the 
properties that we have picked before. We're looking forward to them. This is Fear Street parts one and two. Yeah. They're they're not for all audiences anymore. They are not. And who was on the show with me when I picked that? Pete, was that you when I, I picked was. this? Yes, I was. Is yeah. a trailer? Because I think one of the things that we talked about was it looks more intense than the Goosebumps movies, which are clearly for a younger audience. This looked yeah. like, oh, they might be treading into the PG-13 Terry territory but no they are going full on into r-rated territory according to the films film ratings website part one is rated r for strong bloody violence drug content language and some sexual content and part two also contains bloody horror violence sexual content nudity drug use and language throughout now the third one has not there's no rating information listed yet for that but everyone is expecting that it will also be rated r uh particularly due to the focus on witchcraft it's probably going to be dark creepy all kinds of bloody violence i'm imagining but i'm surprised because i thought this netflix would take this into uh stranger things territory which you know sort of feels like more pg-13 than r but like they're really embracing the dark side of rl stein with this fear street i it makes me look more forward to it yes well i'm i'm really curious i don't think that my daughter ever read these particular books she had read some of the goosebumps and stuff like that I, but she's also kind of taken this turn after watching the conjure, like some of the conjuring films. Like she started kind of getting into this stuff. And in fact, just the other uh, day, she had me sit down and watch the Lazarus effect with her. And uh, so she's kind of in this, in this zone right now where she's enjoying the scares and having a fun time with it. And so I'm, I'm all for it. I'm like, yes, let's do it. I don't know. I'm curious with this one um, how how she would do because it's coming from somebody who she's read, but more in the Goosebumps line. So I don't know. I'm curious. I might have to watch one of them and just see if I think it might be too much for her. The only caveat that she has with her rules for doing this is that we have to watch them when it's daylight outside. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So so maybe these will be daylight Because she's watches. also started breaking and entering, and that happens at night. So she's just she's really maturing in a lot of new well, ways. It's a it's a great parenting opportunity, Andy, because you can watch a lot of the ones from the eighties and, and just turn to her and say, See, see, that's what happens when you have sex as a teenager. That's what happens when you have sex as a teenager, you get slaughtered. So do not do that. Perfect parenting. You end up with a hook as a hand. That's right. <laughs> oh, Dad's Hour yes. with the Saturday matinee. Indeed. We do have some, uh, of course, sad news. One of our favorites is oh. now finally dealing with the fundamental forces of nature, mm-hmm. Mr. Beale. We've lost Ned Beatty, you guys. That is sad. But I mean, you know, he had, I don't feel like he really slowed down. Well, I guess he did retire in, in the around 2013. But... I mean, he was busy that whole time, you know, like constantly cranking things out. He had 79 film credits, 80 TV credits to his name. And just, I mean, from 1972, starting off in Deliverance all the way through, I I just, I feel like Ned Beatty's delivered so many memorable characters and a lot that I still have yet to see. So, you know, maybe that that's another future movie marathon of mine. I was just going to say, I 80? hear a series coming on. Right. <laughs> I can't wait to watch WW and the Dixie Dance Kings in yeah. 1975. <laughs> oh yes, Mr. Lutor. Yes. Yes. Oh Mr. Lutor. I will watch that four times. There yes. you go. I would watch oh Mr. Ned Beatty there. And so, so uh, Mr. Beatty, R.I.P. Uh, you are missed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shall we do some trailers? We should. 
You know what? I I think that we need a new rule. Can I oh, can I make a new rule? This is this is the governing committee yeah, of the rules yeah, right exactly. here. It's the three of us. Yes. What are what is the new rule, Ian? And it's I don't know why I'm doing this because it's only it's not in my favor in any way whatsoever. But I think if two people end up picking a trailer that have the same performer <laughs> in them, that those two get bumped ahead of anyone who doesn't have that said person in the trailer. So because we both pick films with Megan Fox in them, then we have to do those. Talk about those back to back. Then you do them back talk, to back. We talk, yeah. talk about them back to oh. back. Okay. Why? Why would you do this before we get through our trailers? I, you bump yourself I, tonight. You should do it uh, after we do all three trailers, and then you I get should. the benefit. It's yeah, I should, but I'm not because I'm a fool. And really, I mean, <laughs> need I say rules. more? Honestly, yeah. part of it is because I'm a little irritated at myself because I watched your trailer, Pete, and I said, "Ooh, I'm going to pick that one," and then yeah. I then I went and I picked mine instead, and I'm so I'm kicking myself a little bit. But I think that I think this is a fun new rule because I honestly, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I was impressed. I'm like, wow, she's busy. She is busy. I'm yes. actually frustrated that you didn't find a third Megan Fox movie. Yeah, I, was, right. I was wondering I if there was one out there. That's if, on you, man. If, if Andy looked hard <laughs> enough, he might have been able to find something. Who knows? Oh. Yes. Well, I, I saw Pete's trailer as well, and I was like, then I found mine, and I thought, wait, two, is this the same trailer? What, what is this? Uh, but no, I think mine looks better. So that's why I picked mine. And I am picking. I think yours looks better too. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is uh, Midnight in the Switchgrass. And it has a recognizable cast because we've got not only Megan Fox, we've got Bruce Willis, we've got Emile Hirsch, we've got Machine Gun Kelly in a film that is directed by. This name, uh, Randall Emmett. It's directed by Randall Emmett. I thought, I don't know who that is. So then I went to IMDb and I thought, he hasn't directed anything, but he's been a producer on like everything. So this is his first time behind the camera directing, but he's if you look at his producer credits, he's been involved in a, a lot of things. Uh, so I'm hoping that he's bringing what he's seen as a producer to his skill set as director with Midnight in the Switchgrass, which is coming out July 23rd in theaters. It's the story of an FBI agent and Florida state officer who team up to investigate a string of unsolved murder cases. Are you a good girl? Mm-hmm. You're a dirty little in charge here. What the hell do you want at my crime scene? We're the FBI. I'm with the state police. Give me a shout. I'm supposed to be protecting these girls. It's not your operation. You belong to me. You understand what I'm saying? Now lift up that skirt. No. The minute I got made bait, it became my operation. I have communication with over a dozen active offenders. We had a bona fide serial killer. Kind of think I was looking for you. I got a girl with a skull cracked in six places. The bite marks, it matches me. Another girl vanished from a truck stop outside Pensacola last night. Stop it there. Who's that? Get up. It's purification time. Who was he? He tried to cuff one of my girls. 
He had a lightning bolt on his truck. He's hurting some girl right now. I can set him up again. You sure do look familiar. I'd never forget such a pretty face. Cheers. I know Bruce Willis is starting to get into like Nicolas Cage territory where it's just like, are you going to pay him enough? And he'll take a part. But this felt more like the Bruce Willis that I want to see. I don't know. There was just some, maybe the way the trailer was cut together. Uh, I know this isn't going to be great, but it, it felt like a really strong trailer. Unfortunately, it tells everything I'm assuming about this movie is my one complaint about this trailer. Just they're feeding us everything in the trailer. Um, unless they're doing something smart and pulling a big twist, which I don't think is likely to happen, but this is one that I'm probably not going to go see in the theaters, but I'll be all on board for if it shows up, you know, on Hulu, HBO max or, or something relatively soon. What, what, how'd you guys feel about this one? Well, it, it, it adds to the canon of midnight in the movies. Um, midnight in Paris, uh, midnight in the mortuary, midnight in the heart of Mancrete, midnight in the Orange Grove, and that John Cusack, Christopher Plummer, uh, classic midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it does add to that. I don't, I don't think that bodes well for it beyond the trailer, but I thought the trailer was great. I think it looked, uh, I think it looked great and intense. And you're right. It gave a lot away. And for a movie like this, maybe that's fine. Could be. It's, it is one of those movies where I, I, I think that there's some potential with it. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know. I guess I get nervous when I see a producer like Randall Emmett coming on board to direct something like this, um, even though he has, as you pointed out, a very lengthy career in producing a lot of the stuff that he produces, I look at and go, hmm, okay. <laughs> and so I'm like, if he's pulling his directing skills from those, I, yeah. I question a little bit. Still, I love the cast. And, you know, Megan Fox is one of those people who I think there's a lot more potential that she has. I just feel like she so rarely is actually given much to do. I'd love to think that there's something in here. Um, I I don't know. I couldn't tell. I do feel like I'm seeing a lot of the movie. And, uh, you know, I, I love the concept. I mean, this true crime, I mean, you know, back when I was like trying to get some some different TV shows off the ground, one of them was about these these women who disappear from truck stops because it, it, I mean, the, it is quite a thing because truck drivers go through and it's very easy for them to. Uh, to kind of uh, you know disappear like that, and so it's a it's a fairly frightening common thing, and it's a really interesting potential kind of basis for a film, and so it, it definitely piqued my curiosity. I feel like it's probably just one of those late night watches. Uh, I, I I'd love to think that it ends up being something more, but uh, you know, but hey, maybe it's still going to be fully entertaining. Here's hoping. When does it come out? July twenty third in theaters. In theaters. In theaters yes. Oh. Uh-huh. I love the title. So we, yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Um, so that means, does that mean that because of this new rule, yeah. it takes effect tonight and yeah. I need to go now? Yeah, you're yes, next. You <sighs> it's very, very uh-huh. uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> I also picked a Megan Fox movie. And I picked this Megan Fox movie because I just when you watch the trailer, I just want you to think as a screenwriting exercise, th- this is a masterclass in complicating incidents in a screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at the trailer for Till Death. 
Happy anniversary, pumpkin. Things have been bad between us, and I'm sorry. I know when surprise isn't going to fix everything. I love you with all of my heart. Till death do us part. You've made it this far. There's one final surprise. Happy anniversary, pumpkin. We're not leaving until we open that safe. 200 grand in rocks. We split the diamonds. Let's go. Two people knew the combination to that safe. The guy who hired us. And the girl. She could be miles away by now. She's still in the house. No one needs to get hurt. He wants you to scream. I think this movie, I, the the whole aspect of this movie, the fact that she is handcuffed to her now dead husband, uh, and this is a, a, what's the other movie? Was it a? It was one we we picked on a trailer pick. It was the same thing where she she's there playing sex games and well, that's Gerald's game, Stephen King. That's Gerald's game. Yeah, Gerald's game. It made me think of Gerald's game, except for this happens to be a sick revenge plot. She ends up handcuffed to her dead husband, and then the murder team comes to get her and finish the job that they were hired to kill her. All of this is given away in the trailer. And so she ends up having to drag the body around while being chased through a snowy cabin setting. And I, you know, whatever the movie ends up being, you know, what good, bad, whatever, I think that setup is really invigorating. I think it it leads to potentially Megan Fox getting to to show off a little bit her action prowess, and uh, so I'm kind of excited about that. Again, do I think I'm going to see this in the theater? I'm not sure. I look at <laughs> you know uh, director uh, S. K. Dale and writer Jason Carvey. Uh, this is first feature for both of them. I think Jason Carvey's written something else that that was made that did not crest the six star uh, uh, rating on IMDb by kind of a long shot, I believe. Uh, a new, uh, was it a new wave um, from back from 2006? And it's a 4.3 on the Ouch. IMDb scale. So, but again, 2006 was a long time ago and I'm all about forgiving. I want to see what new stuff they can come up with. And I thought this trailer looked pretty darn good. What'd you guys think? It's fun. Uh, I, I, I think that again, it kind of feels like the same territory as Steve's. I mean, I love this sort of like closed setting type of uh, film that we yes. have here, especially when it's one of these where, you know, you're under attack. There's there's this siege upon your place happening and you have to find a way to um, survive and potentially uh, get back at the people who are attacking you. I, I love those sorts of stories. I think this could be something that's kind of fun. And the concept of her, like you said, having to drag a person around through so much of this, uh, I don't know. It's pretty intriguing to me. So, um, yeah, I again, I feel like this is another great late night watch. So, I, I it piques my curiosity. 
both of them. It is going to be a great double feature with Steve. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> it, it may be. And I agree with Andy. The I love the complicating factor, but I thought, okay, so she's married to this guy and his revenge plot is I'm going to kill myself after I handcuff to her. And that will be my revenge is to have people come in and do horrible things to her while I'm dead. What? Well, I think, I think we missed one of the, please you guys, let's, let's go into benefit (laughs) of the doubt territory. We cannot assume that his plan was to be dead during this whole situation. I don't know because we see her going to play a message. He's like, Oh, I'm surprised you've, you've made it this far already. Like, so he's, left something so maybe maybe he was supposed to handcuff her to the bed and then leave i don't know I, that i'm curious to see how that happens but i i do like the i've got i've got this you know dead body i've got to drag around with me it's very closed setting lots of opportunity for some interesting ways to set up you know situations build some tension so i'm intrigued to see what they do with it uh you don't need a lot of story you just need to really create some tension and suspension and keep that moving throughout the logic piece is what's going to probably be my hang up on this of, well, if, if she knows the thing to the safe, then they don't really need to kill her. Right. They just need to just give us the combination, the safe. We'll let you go. We'll see. We'll see where, where it goes. I may, (laughs) I may have to watch this one second so that it's really late. I'm not even worried about logic when I watch this one. Uh, Till death comes out July Second in the U.S., I have no idea if it's going to be theatrical, but I will say in Australia, it it comes out July 21st, and that is its DVD premiere. Oh, so yeah. my hunch is we're going to get it streaming, okay. uh, and not theatrical, and that's the the way it is. So uh, till death, uh, there you go. All right, for my trailer, uh, you know. I love the, the the thing that caught me about this particular trailer, and the reason that I ended up picking it is because the way the trailer was cut together. It's it's a it's an Italian horror film shot in English, partly English, uh, but it's called a classic horror story. Very kind of bland title, but in a way that I feel like they're automatically going to start playing with conventions, and so it, that intrigued me. And then the way that the trailer was cut, I found to be pretty kind of fun, interesting the way that they were building tension, the way they played with the titling in the trailer. Like, everything was very strange and peculiar. I loved it. We're starting with a a group of young people who are driving, and their car, like, you know, the typical thing. An animal jumps in front of their car, and they turn, and they swerve, and they crash into a tree is basically what it looks like. They're somehow in the middle of nowhere, and they, they find this little house in the middle of the woods, and in this house, of course, it ends up being kind of, I don't know, there's this story in there of these three figures and all very horrific and creepy. And it all sounds great and creepy. And of course, they just have to figure out how to get out and survive. Azione. Ciao. Sono Elisa e sono andando dai miei per le vacanze. Di che cosa si ciba il clown di it? Bambini. Paura. Bambini sono solo un mezzo. Pennywise mangia la loro paura. It's a good movie. Mark! Oh! Andate in strada e cercate aiuto. Non c'è nessuna strada. We're in the middle of the woods. Non siamo i primi. Che cos'è? 
leggenda di Osso Mastrosa Carcagnosso. La gente moriva di fame e loro promisero di salvarli. Ma non sa mai niente per niente. And it's called a classic horror story. And I just feel like it's it's titled that, I just assume, because they are going to be really playing with these conventions in a way that maybe it's kind of like a cabin in the woods type of things. I, I don't really know, but it just, I don't know. I, I was so intrigued by this trailer that I, I just instantly wanted to watch this one. What did you two think? I, I was wondering, I thought, oh, Andy's picking a horror film. Okay, but as the trailer started to feed out more information about this, that it's really suggesting... Don't expect what you think out of this. It's going to have some twists. It's playing with the tropes in the genre of sort of like a cabin in the woods type of thing of we're really familiar of that. We're treading this turf that everybody knows what's happening and they're going to pull the carpet out from under us. Yeah. I'm curious to see where, where they go with this. Uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued uh, what they're setting up with this and I don't know anything about these, these filmmakers. So I, I don't know if this is their first time in the genre or if it's a genre they've played around in a lot, but I'm all on board for something that reinvents the genre. I think horror, we've seen that being that genre being played around with a lot. And I'm looking forward to seeing where this really takes it and, and runs with it. It is Roberto De Feo and Paolo Stropoli who are the directors of this. And it looks like it's, uh, it's Roberto's, second or third feature that uh, that he's been uh, directing and paolo's first okay i i you know i don't know i i i believe i'm on the record saying i'm a big horror fan now (laughs) and i think that uh i think you get a little bit of like shining and midsommar and saw and like it's it's all in there like the classic horror story might just be we're going to take all these things and we're going to mash them all up together and it's going to be a lot of fun so get ready that eyeball thing i struggled a little bit with that that was that was rough in my newfound love of all things horror that was a hard thing but we can do hard things i think it's going to be great i'll watch it when do i get to watch it it is going to be a netflix film and it's going to be releasing july 14th so we've got a trio of coming right uh, up. July horrors, thrillers, actions. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun July. And then at throw Fear Street into yeah. the mix, we're we've got bloody July. I think we'll start calling it that. Bloody July. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, because we are together, and it has been a long time since we have been together, we are going to forego the game and uh, dig into a classic. We are going to re-rank. What? <laughs> this is exciting. This but, is, you know, there is a oh, game yeah. that's part of it, and it is the game that Andy and I play, which is, has Steve seen this movie? That's right. I've been working on Steve it. I've been filling it? in some, some bits good. and pieces. We'll see. I know. You finally up. saw the secret in their eyes. So. Oh, my gosh. So good. Yes. I know. I know. All right. Here we go. First up, we have Creepshow or Ninochka. I don't think Steve's seen Ninochka, but I'm pretty sure he's seen Creepshow. I think he's seen Creep oh, Show. I've seen Creep Show yeah. many times, but I've not seen Ninochka. It has to, it's absolute Creep Show. It's got to be Creep Show. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Harold and Maude or Scarface. Steve, you've seen both of these. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. It's The answer is Harold and Maude. The answer absolutely is Harold is and Maude. Okay. Absolutely Thank Harold God. Yeah. Next up, we have The World's End or All of Me. Again, I think Steve has seen both of these. Oh, I think so yes. too. Oh, yes. And the answer is the world's end it's the world's end all of me was such a delight though but it is 
Right. Edwina, back in the boat. Yes. <laughs> back in boat. Back in boat. Back in boat. Uh, but yes, the world's end. Yeah, no doubt. The Godfather Part Two or All That Jazz. Oh, wow. 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 Ouch. Wow. This is a. Oh my goodness! Same, I haven't um, seen either of those movies. Oh, yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> oh, yikes! Okay, what did I do for all that jazz? No, you got to stop looking. You got to just go to your. Ah, heart. Of course, I'm your looking. Gut. Of course, I'm looking. And because I'm, <laughs> regrettably, I forgot to add all that jazz to my flick chart. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I want to say, I feel like The Godfather Part 2, probably, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to go with Godfather Part 2. It is The Godfather Part 2 for me. Steve, where are you landing on that one? You're all that jazz. I, I am, but it's that's more recent. I've seen that probably within the past three or four years, and Godfather 2 is a little bit farther out, so it's a little bit hazier. I know I still really enjoyed it, but there was something just really exciting and fresh about all that jazz, particularly the end just really got me. But I, I 100% I, either way. I mean, they're both great films. So I yeah. have no, no issue with that. Yeah. Well, Godfather part two went up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> From one Oh six to 22. What? Whoa. Yeah. All that jazz has been really high. Godfather part <laughs> oh, two was surprisingly man. Why low. Is that so low? Did you do it just earlier? And it got bumped down. It's probably because we have so many good movies on our list and yeah. something it ran into something early on that just kept it that low. All right. Next up, we have The Bad Seed or Pete's favorite film, Rush. It's The Bad Seed, <laughs> except no substitutes. I have to say, well, oh, oh, first of all, I think, oh, has Steve seen Rush? I don't think Steve's seen The Bad Seed. I'm going to say he saw Rush. Oh, I saw Rush in the theater. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have not seen the, the bad, bad seed. seed. Yeah. No, I have not. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say the bad seed too. I just have to say though, if I were to vote from the poster, like the rush poster that, that flick chart has picked, <laughs> it is a fantastic poster. Like I can't stop looking at it. I'm so drawn by the poster. I just want to click it because it's so pretty. I have to force my mouse over to the bad seed. All right. <laughs> the bad seed stayed in spot 295. Is it the one? Is it the one with the word letters rush and they're behind the they're in the letters? No, 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 no. Oh, wow, that's the typical one because that's the that's the typical one yeah, I know. It's of. all purple and red and stuff. Oh. Is it the one where she has a gun and she's like that and his eyes are real big over behind her? Well, I'm not looking at it anymore, I clicked past it, but it was I purple and red. If it's purple and red, then it's purple and red. Yeah, yeah I see. I just want to see, I want to be like oh, you. That's pretty. All right, next up, Die Hard or Ocean's Eight. This is an easy one, and Pete. Or uh, Steve has probably seen both of these. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure he's seen both of them. Die Hard. It's Die Hard. No doubt. Absolutely. Die Hard held steady in spot 15. The Little Foxes or Star Trek Beyond? Oh, Steve has not seen The Little Foxes. The Little Foxes. But he's seen Star Trek Beyond. Which one is Star Trek Beyond? That's the one where they all the, the, the aliens have all the little tiny ships that all fly around and they listen to. I guess they do that in multiple that was, movies. Was that that was is Khan, that, right? No, no, Star, no, that was Star Trek Into that Darkness. Ka- oh, so oh, that, that was so it's the one with the, um, it was the most recent one of the three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's the one with yeah, Idris Elba. Oh, Idris Elba. Okay, yeah. and that's with all right. the motorcycles, motorcycles, it was the Idris Elba one. Okay. That's right. All right. That's right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't like the little foxes, I don't think. It was okay. I, Star Trek Beyond, though. I, I do enjoy that yeah. one. Yeah. Next up, we have Casablanca or Scanners. Casablanca. Oh, Scanners. I did have an awful attraction to that film. Uh, but yeah, I have to go Casablanca. It's a classic. Yeah. And Steve, hmm. What haven't you he's seen? He's seen Casablanca for sure. Yes. I'm going to say that he's seen Scanners. No. Oh, what? that's right. You have a you have a Cronenberg you thing. You have a Cronenberg I, I, er, early, thing. Early Cronenberg, later Cronenberg. I'm fine with like I, Naked Lunch. Enjoyed that. Dead Ringers. Is, it's funny know, that you called Naked Lunch late Cronenberg because that's well, ninety two. Yes, I know. Three. Well, exactly. I, that's where it starts getting good for me. The, it's the early early stuff that just yeah. And I want you to watch that I wanted, I, It's on the Criterion channel. I'm debating watching it because it's watch one that it. I, rem, I remember being on cable TV when we first got cable TV and the head exploding and it was rated R and it's this ultra gory movie that everybody wanted to see in middle school, but nobody's parents would let them watch it. So I'm an adult. Yeah, I, can, I can do whatever I want. There yeah. you go. Okay. Do All it. Right. Well, Casablanca takes it and uh, landed or stayed, stayed in spot 17. Live free or die hard, or King's Row. Oh dear, where's the rest of me? My goodness, Steve um, has not seen King's Row. Bruce or Ronnie, live free or die hard for sure. Hmm, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Where's the rest of me? <laughs> live free or die hard. Held steady in spot one twenty four. <laughs> Next up, the spy who came in from the cold or outbreak. Boy, there's a pairing. Spy who came in from the cold. Yeah. Steve yeah. has seen Outbreak. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's seen the spy who came in from the cold. No. Oh. But has he read it? No. No, he doesn't read. No. Steve doesn't he's not read. In, that's right. He's not into Cold War not like spy thriller much, things. Not as much. But wow, it's on my we... list of things to do. That and train movies. Those are things I just don't. I don't know. That's so weird. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And movies where people eat a lot of spicy food. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't like those either. <laughs> All right. We've got one more, I think. Okay. Think Spy who came in from the cold held steady yeah. spot 82. Oh, it's Richard Burton, right? It okay. is Richard Burton, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. Richard Burton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he says that no. ever, but <laughs> uh, last one. Uh, this, uh, you know, I'm going to shuffle it again. Okay. Get something good. We already 2001. Did. 2001. Oh, 2001. I did. I did. <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey or King's Row. That's a lie. <laughs> it's not. That is such a lie. But I can't weigh in because I haven't seen King's Row. And it's oh, gonna be no! Rochambeau. And it's gonna be Rochambeau again. And then is that wait, be- was this fair? Because I I, I I got out of that previous one because uh, because we because Rush was in it and we'd already ranked something with Rush. Oh, okay. and but so, now we have oh, but you have King's Then Road. you can't do it. Yeah, can't, you can't, you can't do it. Right. Flag yeah. on the field. Yes. You're right. Yep. You're right. You can't yeah. do it. Yeah. I'm going to refresh again. Parasite or National Lampoon's Vacation. Vacation is a comedy classic, but it's Parasite for me. Yes. Yes. Steve's seen both of these. Oh yes. I yes. Have. Yes. Yeah. Which would you pick, Steve? Parasite. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, Parasite held steady in spot 18. Uh, and there should. you have it. There's our rankings okay. for today's show. Wow. Yeah. We had one big sh- one big change. Yeah. Which was for the Godfather for too. The better, I would well, say. that's yeah. yeah, that's where it should be. That feels much yeah. better. Getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, should we can we can we re-rank Fargo? 
Oh, we talked about doing that, didn't we? We did. Why is it? Is it someplace that we keep? It's probably not now because we've shaken up. Maybe we've shaken up enough. No, is it it becoming a weird block in there somewhere? Is it becoming? Yeah, it's like brother block. It is in a very weird place where we're like, why is this in this spot? It should be higher. I've been getting that. I've unfortunately mine has first reformed, so it's like you do. I get the the first one, the second one. It's typically yeah. like first reformed, which I really, really liked. And there's a lot of really solid stuff. And it's just, I'm getting weird stuff up against it. I'm like, I, ugh. yeah, it's stuff's, yeah. stuff's getting knocked down because I'm like, eh, yeah, it's in a weird spot. So let's, let's do the Fargo thing. Fargo or the girl who played with fire. Fargo. Fargo or Memento. Fargo. Fargo, Fargo or Scott Pilgrim versus El Mundo. Scott Pilgrim versus El Mundo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Fargo. Steve, I'm gonna say Scott Pilgrim. All right, there you go. That's the stuff. Uh, Fargo or Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. Fargo for me. Fargo. Okay. Chose wisely. Fargo or the French Connection. <laughs> French Connection. Fargo for me. You pick. You pick your toes in Poughkeepsie. Oh. You pick your feet. So French Connection and Fargo, yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, it's been a while since I've seen either of them, but I'm going to go French Connection. Really? Okay. Yeah. Fargo or Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Fargo. Fargo. <laughs> Fargo. <laughs> Can't say it fast enough. <laughs> Fargo or The Innocence. Fargo. Oh wow, The Innocence. Hmm. Yeah, I'll say Fargo. It's a tough one though. Fargo or the spy who came in from the cold? Fargo. I'm going to say the... S- S- Fargo? This Fargo? The Fargo? I started the saying cold. that as, as, they, as they know I, it's in I froze Fargo? up. Yeah, I'm going to say Fargo. Well, that lands Fargo in spot 82 out of 516 films. So that was a bit of a jump. Quite a jump. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that gives me relief. That was, that's a worthy re-ranking. Yeah, yeah, we need to we get it out of that. Uh, yeah. Of course, whatever was clean, next clean to it middle. is probably going to be now equally to as frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Say love you. All right. Well, that brings us to the list. The list. Uh, the movie this week. We are now uh, just wrapping up our Lynn Shelton series, and we are doing the uh, fantastic and funny Sword of Trust, uh, starring uh, uh, Mark Maron as a pawn shop dealer. And one of the central pieces of this movie is that uh, they are trying to sell an inherited sword that was supposedly, allegedly, surrendered to General Lee by uh, General Sherman, thus demonstrating that the South won the war, the Civil War. And so this sword is a very strange thing to inherit. And therefore, that's what the, the, uh, the members picked. In our poll this week, inheriting strange things, objects, things. <laughs> I had a rough time with this one, you guys. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't, I just couldn't get to the point where I could figure out what search would bring me th- my there's, favorite movies of inherited objects. There's, there's and not. the stupid, there's not. No, and there's I not. was just blocked. So I found a couple with, with help. And, and I think I, I, I hope I'm, I hope I don't get stolen. Oh, it was, it was rough. Well, hey, I bumped you to second, so yeah. So that's something. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's sure something. But Pete, I'm right there with you. I tried doing searches, and I came up with a couple of things, 
and then consulted with the expert in the house and asked my wife. I said, this is the list. And then within like 10 minutes during her lunch break, she's like, hands me a post-it note with, it, with all kinds of stuff written on it. I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And I said, well, I haven't seen that. And I haven't seen that. And I haven't seen that, but okay. How did I not even think of these? She's got an encyclopedia, encyclopedic brain when it comes to remembering plot points in movies. So mm. help me out on this one. But my first pick... Rough. Okay, uh, this is do I do I try to secure something before it gets stolen? Do I do them in rank order of like this one's okay and I work my way up to this is the best one in this category? I don't know. I think I'm gonna go with let me secure the steel first. And I'm surprised you guys hadn't because I also had to look once I got my list. I was like, ah, Andy's on the set, man. He's gonna be like, we talked about that one on the show. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I checked my list to see whether you've talked about this one on the show. And I'm surprised you have. Not, I couldn't see it. I didn't see it on the list. So my first pick to prevent this from being stolen is Brewster's Millions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys have not talked about that on the show, have you? We have, we so, have not talked about okay, it on the but, show. So nope. Brewster's Millions. And what's odd about this one is he inherits money that he needs to spend. So it's not like I inherit money. It's I'm inheriting a shopping task so that is my first pick of people inheriting weird things from the family that have died brewster's millions which i'm talking about the 1980 whatever version with because there's like i that's the first thing that came to mind so i like googled it or i'm imdb there's like 10 versions of brewster's popular story back in the early you know 1900s they did it many many times so yeah I was just going to do Brewster's Millions, you know, just different different ones. But you're doing the 85 version. I'm doing the 85 version. That's the one I've seen. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. My pick uh, is the story of a boy, a boy with Apple, a boy with Apple that is lost and then found a concierge who sleeps with elderly people and the inheritance of the Grand Budapest Hotel. I love this movie. You know, I'm a big fan of these movies and it's weird and wacky. And I just love like the best of all the funny scenes when he leans over and says, I don't know what kind of cream they put on you, but I want to get some. I laugh out loud at that. Every time he's looking at her body in the coffin during the wake is yes. <laughs> amazing. Uh, fantastic movie. Grand Budapest Hotel. I love it a lot. And it is uh, inherited. There's the second will that's attached to the back of this painting. And uh, it is. And, and that thus gives over the, the hotel. Entire so. thing. The kitten yep. caboodle. One the kitten caboodle, the whole ball of wax. I love that movie. Um, I did make a mistake of watching it with the kids. I had forgotten there were some scenes in it that I'm like, hmm, oh, might not have <laughs> wanted them to watch that particular moment, but largely it was. But we've solid. It's settled science. You're a great dad, so <laughs> don't worry about it. You can do no wrong. For my first pick, I am. I was debating: Do I do all my films where somebody inherits? animals because there are a number of them unfortunately i could only think of two and (laughs) but i'm like i know there's a third i feel like i've seen it i feel like it's out there so the one i'm going to start off with is mark waters film from 2011 with jim carrey mr popper's penguins about a man who inherits a uh, a whole bunch of penguins (laughs) and and has to deal with uh now 
living a life with all these penguins in his apartment. It's something I watched with the kids because it was, you know, perfect for them when it came out. Apparently, it was a book which I didn't read when I was young, um, but they had and they really enjoyed the whole concept of it. And so it's it's kind of silly, but, you know, it's Jim Carrey. He's very easy to watch. I had a great time with it. Angela Lansbury is great as this uh, as this woman who's running this old restaurant that he's trying to buy because, you know, at the start, he's this kind of like real estate guy who's trying to, you know, get, uh, you know, get all these properties and stuff. And over the course of the film, by having the penguins and everything, he learns to have a heart and leaves the restaurant. He buys the restaurant and keeps it as it was, or I can't remember exactly, but it was just very sweet. And, you know, I mean, there's some goofy CG stuff with the penguins, but when they have real penguins walking around and Jim carries with the penguins, I just had a great time. I thought he actually worked really well in the film. So that's my first pick, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Technically not a steal, but you did steal my backup. Well, Grand Budapest was my backup, so touche. Oh, oh wow. touche to you, sir. <laughs> okay. Oh, and I, I just want to say, Clark Gregg's in it, so Ben Lott, get that on your watch list so you can keep Clark Gregg so high <laughs> Keep up with the Clark Gregg, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Actors seen this year list. Uh. Okay. Again, another movie I can't believe you guys have not talked about on the show. So I'm going to go with this one because I'm going to try to stick with that because there's one on the show that I think is really obvious and, you know, we'll see. But so this one is, uh, there's one thing that's inherited, but leads to something else that I think is a really strange, and although technically probably not an inheritance, I think it is, um, when you're, you know, really sharp-dressed man who's you know, really making it in the world and your father passes away and you go to find out what you're getting from the will and you find out that what you get is not the huge estate, but just a bed of roses and a car. And this $3 million is going to somebody else. And it's like, well, who is, where, where's this going? Who, who's getting this money? And it's the brother you never knew you had. And so in Rain Man, I would say that Tom Cruise inherits the responsibility of caring for his older brother, Raymond. Aww. He inherits responsibility. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. I can't believe you haven't talked about that on the show. I'm surprised. Uh, it seems like yeah. one that's ripe for the pick in there. It's a good one. I yeah. yeah it just uh, we haven't found a place. We yeah, I've talked about a Dustin Hoffman series, which I likely would have we been have. in that, but hasn't happened sadly because that's a fantastic film. It is a fantastic film. Uh, okay, my next one, and this one doth begin a mini-series within my series of three. I just couldn't find a third one and thus had to go with Grand Budapest Hotel. And uh, it it starts with uh, a movie that was... It's, it's, a, it's a kid's movie. Uh, it's a sports movie. It's a movie I didn't watch when I was a kid, but saw later after I had kids. It's, it was released in the 90s. Uh, and in terms of inheriting strange things, when you're a 12-year-old boy... Um, it is strange to inherit the Minnesota Twins, as happens in Little Big League. Inheriting an entire Major League Baseball team is a strange thing. And that's what happens in Little Big League. What's cool about Little Big League is the number of athletes that are in this movie. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. saves the day in this movie uh, and leads the list of a long line of professional baseball players that are in this movie. So um, I'm not saying it's great, but I am saying that my kids liked it a lot when they were very young. So 
They don't like baseball now. We had this long conversation in the car on the way home. What do you think of baseball? Baseball is a sport that probably shouldn't exist. Super boring. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) This movie didn't do well on that front, but they did like it then. So Uh, They're not a fan of our baseball series then. (laughs) No. (laughs) Baseball, Ray. (laughs) Okay. Like you, I was, as I said, I was trying to do a, a trilogy of films. For my second one... I hesitate putting this on my list because my as memory serves it's not necessarily a great movie but I still think in context of inheriting something that odd or weird I think this definitely fits. This is the Bill Murray starring film directed by Howard Franklin in 1996 Larger Than Life. Bill Murray is a uh, I think he is a he does motivational speeches. And uh, he has a book called Get Over It, which feels very fitting for Bill Murray. Yeah. His dad is dying, and um, but his dad um, leaves him a—it's it's a big thing, something very big. It's a big surprise, whatever it is. And as it turns out, it is an elephant. It is his father's elephant. It was part of a traveling circus act, and now he has this elephant. And he wants to get rid of it. But, of course, the person who immediately says, we'll take it, is uh, at the San Diego Zoo. And they are, I think, going overseas. They're, they're overseas. I can't remember. They're, they're traveling. And so he now has to cross the country with an elephant to get this particular elephant to the zoo in time. Um, so, you know, it was fun. It was Bill Murray. The thing that stood out for me at the time when it came out is because there was a scene that was actually shot at a, a diner not too far from where I lived. And so that was kind of like the kind of the talk uh, since everybody knew of this diner and it was kind of a fun little thing. But, you know, it, it was an OK little movie, um, but it certainly fits the bill here. So larger than life. I remember that movie barely. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably like I remember the elephant and I remember (laughs) Bill Murray had some funny bits. He does have some funny bits. Yes. He's just, you know, a funny guy with elephant is still a funny guy with an elephant. Yeah, that that scene when they're wearing the same suits coming down the escalators, Bill Murray and the elephant. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) That was was brilliant. Oh, classic, (laughs) classic elephant. All right, Steve, make it count. This is the third one. Number one pick. But it's number one draft. It's not. It's not the number one pick. It's one that. I have to do this one because it it came up as I was looking and I thought, oh, Lord, I have not seen this movie probably since the early, early 80s. It is not a great film, but it's one that I remember my brother and I having a lot of fun watching on cable TV because it's just ridiculous and silly and fun. And it's the story of a family that inherits a house. Well, there's nothing unusual that that, right? That they would inherit a house. Houses are passed down from generation generation to generation all the time. But this family inherits this old mansion that houses a dangerous book of evil that has all the monsters of the world trapped in it in 1981's Saturday the 14th, starring Richard Benjamin. I have not seen it since then. I'm sure it is a horrible movie. It's got a 4.7, but I remember being, whatever, 12 or 13 years old, watching this again and again because it was playing with, you know, the universal monsters, all of that stuff, and the whole idea of... What happens after Friday the 13th is Saturday the 14th was very humorous to my young adolescent brain. So that is my final pick, Saturday the 14th. Have either of you heard of or seen this movie? 
Steve, you just described my youth with that movie, too. A hundred percent. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Jeffrey Tambor is Voldemort. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Yes. That is amazing. That movie was on my list ever since I heard of it. I still have yet to see it, but I was I, I was so fascinated by it because, you know, there's Friday the 13th and then Saturday the 14th. Yes. Like the whole concept, like just, I, I, I absolutely wanted to see it. And then I escaped my mind. I absolutely need to track it down though and watch it because uh, it's, I don't know. It's just one of those ones from my youth that I I missed and now I need to see well, it. Well, apparently it's available to stream on Tubi with ads. <laughs> so you can go check that out this weekend. Excellent. The book of evil. <laughs> she serves the coffee and the eyeballs turn around in it. <laughs> it is great. Andy, you got to see it. Yes. Oh, I guess uh, I guess I do. Join the club. <laughs> uh, when the when the, the swamp thing yeah, comes out of the bathtub. bathtub. <laughs> oh, so good. That movie. Uh, it's I'm sure it's really dated. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. But uh, I'm yeah. I'm all in. Great pick. Uh, my third pick, I violate, I hereby violate the Andy Nelson rule of no picks of movies we've done on the show because of my mini series. Mm. If you are a retired showgirl and you inherit the, uh, Cleveland Indians, you want to get out of Cleveland. You want to get them to a sunnier place. And that's what (laughs) you try and do in major league. Uh Another inherited baseball team. Now. The thing is, first of all, uh, if you if, if you want to catch up with the Twins versus Indians, they're they're playing on uh, Friday, uh, June twenty fifth, and I think I think that the uh, uh, Indians are going to continue to dominate in that series. Uh, it, it doesn't look good for for the Twins, but also. Uh, I couldn't find any other movies where entire sports teams, like real sports teams, were inherited or were bequeathed. Uh, to others. It was just these two. Can anybody, can you think of another one? Uh, no. Why Major League Baseball? That is the question. Why, why, why do we, ca- why do we keep, why do old people yeah. want why? to get rid of their baseball teams? <laughs> it's the all-American sport. That's, that's yeah, the thing right. is about that sport. Yeah. That was, this was my problem. And thus we have Grand Budapest Hotel, which actually of all these is my favorite pick, but still. Actually, yeah. I, as I do a quick research, any given Sunday, Oh, there you go. You're right. There you go. True. Cameron Diaz. That should have been it. She inherited her team. Bonus. Yes. Bonus pick. There you go. That's Andy's bonus. That's All right. My bonus what do you got? Yeah. Wrap it up. For my final pick, I'm, you know, I, I had, I wanted to throw in Seven Chances, uh, Buster Keaton, fantastic movie with some amazing set pieces. And, and the whole conceit of the inheritance is very funny because he gets a, a note that he will inherit this money if he's married by the time by 5 p.m. on his 27th birthday, which happens to be that day. And so it's very funny. And, you know, he ends up this is the one where he ends up with like hundreds of women in in wedding dresses all chasing him. And mm-hmm. he's running down the hill. and There's all these boulders chasing after him. But it was Classic. just all about the money. And so I'm like, well, that's, you know, the movie itself is funny and the conceit is funny, but that's not an interesting or odd or weird thing. And so instead I'm going with a film that has been remade recently, uh, well, somewhat recently, 2001. Um, I just actually just watched it because I hadn't seen the original and I wanted to. It is 13 Ghosts, William Castle's film from 1960. And it starts off with such a funny, 
it's almost a comedy because it's this married couple who, you know, he is a lecturer in, in a university, but obviously isn't making enough money because their residence with, which is, uh, you know, obviously full of rented furniture. They, they keep, not having enough money to pay for it. And so this is the umpteenth time that the furniture collectors have come to take all the furniture out of their house. And so it sets up for kind of this weird kind of comedy <laughs> as as his wife's calling him saying, their furniture people are here again. Have you not paid? And all of a sudden, so you got this weird setup and the little boy, it's his birthday and his only wish is that he can live in a house with furniture. <laughs> so it's like, it's such a strange setup. And then, of course, a mysterious wind blows in, and lo and behold, someone knocks at the door. There's a telegram. His weird occultist uncle, Dr. Plato Zorba, <laughs> has passed away and has bequeathed him his mansion, which happens to have 13 ghosts in it. Well, technically 12 ghosts that he has been collecting over the years. He has become a ghost hunter. He captures the ghosts, and he's got special glasses that he's designed so he can see the ghosts. And his this family moves in, and they do a whole Ouija board thing, and because they don't really believe it, but the 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 um, planchette starts floating in the air, and all sorts of stuff. And it's just it's creepy, it's fun, it's very silly. It's a William Castle film, and uh, but you know some of the effects and kind of the the double exposure filming they did to create the ghosts, it was actually kind of effective. And I had a really fun time with it. And, you know, there's a little bit of a kind of a silly story that kind of goes along with it as as you kind of come to realize what's happening. You do have Margaret Hamilton as the housekeeper. And of course, she was the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz. And here she is playing this very witchy maid. And so, I, you know, it's fun. It's a very fun little movie. A mansion full of ghosts. I think that fits the bill. So that's my final pick. 13 Ghosts from 1960. There we go. There is our list. Uh, nine films of inheriting strange things. Uh, most important, before you watch any of these movies, go watch Sword of Trust. Do it for Lynn. <laughs> Do it Good for movie. Lynn. Uh, there you go. And now we have to come up with the choices for next week. Mm. The film that we are doing is Memento. We're kicking off our spoiled Rotten Twist Endings series. It's a fun one, and I know we've all seen this, so yes. I think we can very easily come up with some list options. One of the things that we talked about is, and I think is arguable, is great film tattoos. And I was thinking, actually, terrible film tattoos. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to admit, Lenny's tattoos aren't the best. No. Like, if you just want a guy to tattoo phone numbers on you, then, you know, let's find the worst movie tattoos. That's that's the list. That's a tough one. I love the idea of cinematic amnesia. I think that's I think that's actually probably a a broad field. Cinematic amnesia. What do you mean? Cinematic amnesia that it's part of the story or what what makes it? It's in in movies movies because well, because here's the thing. I don't know a thing about amnesia except for what movies have taught me. Oh, so, okay. you yeah. know, is is amnesia as portrayed in film accurate? I don't know. Probably not. But in the world <laughs> of cinematic amnesia, sure, okay. it works in context of the story. So we can just call it amnesia. But you know what I mean. Okay. Let's definitely do amnesia. We got to do that. You, you want to do terrible film tattoos, Pete? Is that what you're sticking with? Is that what you're sticking with? <laughs> how, how do you put it in a way... 
that doesn't lock us in. Film tattoos of note. Notable film tattoos. Could be good, could be bad. Sure, mm-hmm. it gives you some... Well, I want options, because I don't think... Are, are any of us on the uh, list next week? No. Oh, for crying out loud. No, none yeah, of us. We can do whatever so, we want. This is a list grenade, is what we call this. Let's do... Let's do great film tattoos. Let's leave it at that. Okay. You, okay. What you said. All right, Steve, what do you think? Hmm, so we've got tattoos. We're thinking about we're thinking about amnesia. Or are we? I forget. Uh? Uh? Hmm. See what I did there? You're you're kind of on a roll <laughs> with the dad joke. Hey, it's Father's Day this in, weekend. Going into Father's Day weekend. Throw me a bone weekend, here. And, Throw me a bone here. And now accents. And <laughs> is that what that, so you're really, is that what that you're was? really burying that, yourself really, in the part, was that Dad. Was that an accent? Okay. <laughs> oh, he's on a roll. Okay. That's why there's butter on his pants. Oh, oh! I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, wow, no. really leaning in. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, we can't. Why would you? We do. We don't want to waste great twist endings. I mean, that's the whole series, right? So, yeah. There's too many other things in here. Filmed in black and white in color. Eh, yeah, but then that just becomes a, let me find a list. I like something where you got to dig into it a little bit. Like Amnesia. Okay, that's going to take some digging around. Same thing with great film tattoos. Revenge for Murdered Spouse. That's like, it feels like that's so done. Uh, so, but then if, if I give them Polaroids, I feel like that's just... Po- Polaroids in film? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, I mean, that's like people wearing blue Nikes. I mean, it's just, yeah, how are you going to find mm-hmm. that? That's that's kind of tough. So, Well, how about non-chronological films? That's an interesting list. So that gives you, it gives you some, yes, I think that gives you some options because you could do, you could look at it from different ways about non-chronological. You know, there's different ways you could look at that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And that's what it's most known All for, right. I think. Does it make sense to stick with that? Okay. Yeah. So that's what we've got. Are yeah. we excited about that? Are we happy about what we're delivering the people? Sure. We'll see what Mandy, Rob, and Kyle feel about that. That's right. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Uh, and you know what? You can get in on the chaos that is voting for next week's list. All you have to do is head over to the Show Talk channel in the Next Real Discord community, and you can lend your vote to the chaos that is list picking book of evil list of evil that's what we have and uh it is all about the movie sabotaged and how do you get access to the show talk channel i'm so glad you asked we're thinking the same thing all you have to do is head over to the slash membership and become a supporting member of the next real family of podcasts for just a buck a month you can become a one reeler and join our online community in our discord server all the public channels for a few dollars more you become a two reel supporter and join us for show live streams as we record, uh, early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed, access to the super secret member channels in Discord, and member bonus episodes. And we are doing a bazillion of bonus episodes. Members get a slew of episodes that they can hear uh, every week. Plus, you can now support with a single annual donation at either level and you know what for those who don't want to listen to the movie reviews and the criticism just uh, go search in your favorite podcast directory you can get the individual saturday matinee podcast feed you can subscribe to that and not have to subscribe to the master feed where you get all the shows and in fact every one of our shows has its very own individual podcast feed so you, if you have been subscribing to the master feed you can now split all that up and just get the shows you want when you want them. 
We're about to go on our July hiatus. A number of our shows are taking a break for the month of July. Not all of them, but a, a number of them, including this one. We only have one more Saturday matinee show uh, that is coming up in the month of June. And then we're taking the month off. We uh, recalibrate. We come up with all kinds of new ideas and change things up and shake things up and just, you know, honestly, just take a break. We publish a lot of stuff here. Uh, it, you know, occasionally I'm afraid for our next real publishing calendar. Its days are numbered. That's a good one. That's a good one. Anybody? Yeah. Anybody? Because no, no, it's a calendar. I just wanted, the to, days are I just wanted to play. Yes. It's a calendar. Yes. The days I wanted yes, to play the dad jokes, and you guys yeah. gave me a zero. Thank you for that, dads. That was great. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so we are taking a break in July. Some of the things are going to slow down, but the uh, Discord community, I guarantee you, will not. We're still going to be there. Uh, you just won't get quite as many episodes uh, from the Next Real family as you do now. So that's what I got. Anybody else? You feel good? I feel good. I feel, feel great. great. I feel wonderful. You feel wonderful? Hey, it has been a pleasure matinee podcasting with you, uh, boys. It's been a long time since the trio has been back together. Andy, Steve? Getting the team back together. Feels good. See everybody. It's good. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.